0: luck,
1: and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for joining us here today. It is the day after Super Tuesday. And what, what a day, what a chain of events we have witnessed. We'll get into that here in a moment. is the number, 888-900-3393. I'm Steve Dace. You can try liking me on Facebook, uh, looking up my name there. Following me on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. You can email the program as well, steve at stevedace.com. If you're looking for samples of this show that you can share with others, go to youtube.com slash stevedace. And I am, for the first time this week, Joined by our full complement of team members, uh, Aaron McIntyre is here, and the return of our very own Todd Erzin, and let's let's address that from the very big uh, top here, Todd, if you don't mind, where you've been the last few days, and then you'll be gone the rest of the week after today as well. But uh, you mentioned this on social media. We have not talked about it on the show, though. Wasn't sure that it was my place, so I wanted to wait and hear directly from you. But uh, your father passed away. Uh, a few days ago. And so you have been uh, obviously uh, grieving with your family and making arrangements uh, to lay him to rest. And that's where you've been the last few days. And um, it's good to have you back brother.
0: Thank you. Um, and just thanks for giving me a moment. He would, he would have dug it. Um, yeah. He's been uh, in declining health. I, I mentioned on the show, maybe five weeks ago that he was in the hospital and he spent three and a half to four weeks of that time in the hospital. And, quite frankly in in many ways he's been dying for 18 years that's when my mom passed away at the age of uh, 54 and you know it was a a book of job uh kind of thing in many respects but at the end uh it was uh, he died on a shield he 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 looked the reality in the eye of dialysis of of um living in a nursing home he was he was basically going to be bedridden and he said um you know, God, let's have one last great fight. And boy, it was uh, at the Veterans Hospital in Madison, Madison, Wisconsin, where I'm from. And that's a hard place to be in. But the nurses told us, wow, your family and the people coming in, this is not normal. We don't see this. We see loneliness all the time. And there was a celebration of life in my dad. Uh, Wow, inspiring. And for all you veterans out there, I posted a picture. He ended up in the hospice wing. And uh, there's a picture there on Twitter. Uh, But what I... I did not know they do this. My dad was uh, in the U.S. Navy. He was a naval intelligence. He was not in the theater of war or anything like that around the time of Vietnam. But what you offer your veterans when they pass, uh, no matter the time of night, my father happened to die at 12.30 a.m., so it is a largely empty, dark building. But they normally during the day, they call out, a soldier has fallen. They don't do that in the middle of the night when people are sleeping. But the same ceremony, a flag-draped... a bed over him walking through the hall with all of the employees standing at attention. Uh, and a man in front of the, uh, his bed, uh, clanging a bell every 10 paces or so. It would have been amazing to be part of it in the middle of the day with a full hospital, Mm -hmm. but still with just me my brother and my sister and, um, the staff walking through that. It was I've been given a gift. I, I I'm beyond words to describe what I've done before. So to our our veterans, um, to be a part of your life in that way, uh, it was simply breathtaking. Uh, I could talk about and I would want to for a long time, but I'm at the point where I'm. I just need to talk about stupid politics because I'm about to crack. So thank you for giving me a chance to celebrate my father. I loved him very much. It wasn't always easy. He was. Uh, if you wonder why I'm such an insufferable sob. You should have met the old man, Um, (laughs) but uh, he is now at long last in paradise with my mother. And that memory is something that
1: I will treasure forever. Very well said. Very well said. It's good to have you back. Thank you. Without further ado, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What happened while we were away, brought to you by It Worked. The coalescing around Joe Biden by Democrats has worked in its favor, at least so far, as the former vice president had an impressive Super Tuesday showing. Biden won North Carolina, Virginia, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Alabama, but his three most surprising victories came from Texas, Massachusetts, and Minnesota, and that's not including Maine, where some outlets have projected Biden will win as well. Bernie Sanders, meanwhile, won Utah, California, Colorado, and his home state of Vermont. According to the Associated Press, the overall delegate count now has Joe Biden in the lead with 453 delegates to Bernie Sanders, 382. Joe Biden celebrated his big night with his wife and sister. By the way! This is my little sister, Valerie, and I'm Jill's husband. Oh, no, this is a, oh, you switched on me. This is my wife. This is my
1: sister. They switched on me. And it's time for America to get back up. And once again, fight for the proposition that we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men and women are created equal and by the Creator with
2: certain inalienable rights. Hey, he did it right. Bernie Sanders' confidence hasn't been shaken. Tonight, I tell you with absolute confidence, we are going to win the Democratic nomination. And we are going to defeat
3: the most dangerous president in the history of this country.
2: An NBC exit poll of Texas shows Sanders wiped the floor with Latino and Asian voters while Biden handily won white and black voters. A CNN exit poll of California shows Bernie Sanders won voters aged 18 to 29 years old with 72 percent to Elizabeth Warren's 14 percent. Sanders also won voters aged 30 to 44 with 57 percent to Warren's 21 percent, while Biden won voters in both the 45 to 64 and the 65 plus year old age demographic. Also, according to CNN, Joe Biden did not campaign in Tennessee, Arkansas, Minnesota, Massachusetts or Oklahoma, all states that he won. This morning, Mike Bloomberg dropped out of the Democratic race and endorsed Joe Biden. Media reaction, James Carville on MSNBC. You just you, you don't have a majority of the Democrats that are in on your revolution. And I, I'm sure that, that they will continue. But I think you're going
1: to see a, a lot of people saying, why are, we, why are we doing this? To what purpose? We, we, we want to beat Donald Trump. I mean, I, I travel around the country. I speak to people. And Democrats are not interested in a revolution, <laughs> interested in getting this guy out of power just
2: as fast as they possibly can. David Frum on BBC. Describes Bernie Sanders voters. Joe Biden appeals to people who pay their cable, cable bills on the day it arrives. Bernie Sanders appeals to people who may forget to pay the cable bill entirely. Um, and
1: there was and the first group, they're both morally worthy, equally morally worthy, but the first group are more reliable.
2: The next round of primaries is in less than a week, when voters in Michigan, Washington State, Missouri, Mississippi, Idaho, and North Dakota have their say. And finally, Tucker Carlson says what we're all thinking.
1: This whole thing is sad. Worse than that, it's cruel. Running Joe Biden for president is like making your dog wear a dress. It may make for an amusing Instagram post, but it's wrong. You can see the confusion in the dog's eyes. You can see the same thing in Joe Biden's eyes if you look closely. So far, the only thing we've learned from Biden's candidacy is that there's no one around him who cares enough to make him stop. Instead, there are only enablers. The Biden campaign isn't about ideas, much less ideals. The Democratic establishment's only concern is institutional control. That's where all of their power comes from, from holding together and running things.
2: And that's what happened while we were away.
1: Where do we go from here is anybody's guess and anybody that tells you that they know is either fooling you or themselves. We have witnessed, I think, something unprecedented these last few days in American political history. Prior to the 70s and the modern primary system, the the major political parties decided their nominees for president in particular in the veritable smoke-filled rooms, the conventions of old, where Joe Kennedy cuts a deal that allows Southern Democrat, uh, former, uh, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod, segregationist Lyndon Johnson to be uh, Protestant, to to be his Catholic uh, son's nominee for a balanced ticket regionally and religiously. And you you never saw this stuff. Media didn't really report on it the way that they... Uh, do with the access we have today there was no social media there weren't 24-hour news cycles you know you just woke up the next morning read the newspaper and said hey the the ticket to in 60 is uh is, is is kennedy johnson to go against uh, the vice president nixon that's how you learn stuff like this and what has transpired these last few days is 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 momentous really and, and I've got six points I want to make in, in response to what we have seen. And almost none of them have anything to do with any kind of data or data whatsoever. Because we're beyond data and data now. We're beyond those things now. All right? Um, let's begin. Here's, here's the first point that I want to make. What you have witnessed is a paradigm shift. We have never seen a political party do what the democrats just did the past seven days starting with jim Clyburn's endorsement of of bernie sanders one week ago today i'm sorry his endorsement of joe biden one week ago today in south carolina one week ago today let's, let's stick with that first point for just a second one week ago today joe biden was toast was dead was a carcass on the side of the road and he had been for quite some time and, and yes he had been really since iowa new hampshire Last night, he won these New England states. Well, Steve, he's, uh, from, he's from Delaware. Yeah. He was from Delaware when he got his uh, rear end kicked in New Hampshire just a couple of weeks ago, too. He was from Delaware then, too. The exit polling out of South Carolina that showed 47% of black voters who voted for Biden, basically half, basically half of the black voters who voted for Biden did so based on Jim Clyburn's endorsement. I have never, You guys know I study this stuff. I've, I've never seen a number like that. I mean, I, I, I'm just, I'm I, wow. I, I'm just blown away. Like on the right, we don't have like that level of gatekeeper. We have key endorsements, right? But that level of gatekeeper where someone can just move that many numbers, like our buddy Bob Vanderplotz can move a few points in Iowa, right? That's been demonstrated. But you would never see half of the people Show up and say, "Yeah, I supported Ted Cruz, Mike Huckabee, Rick Santorum, uh, because uh, uh, half the evangelicals said they did it because of the Bob Vander Plots endorsement." That would just not happen. We don't. We don't have that level of of gatekeeper slash shepherd on the right. I've I've just never seen a number like that. I mean, it, it, I mean, Jim Clyburn has as much to do with what's gone down this last week probably as anybody else does, based on that endorsement, because that's what opened up the floodgates in South Carolina. And what's, what's unprecedented here, you know, I've, I've seen some people whose opinions I respect, including our own Chris Pandolfo, who's a frequent guest in our overtime. Now, this isn't, this isn't rigging. Really? I mean, let's say you were competing for a championship in a league, and the other team that you were directly competing for that championship with in that league was actually being aided by the league itself to win the championship and defeat you. How would you define that? I'd kind of define that as rigging it, wouldn't you? I'm fine with that term. Yeah, that's how I would define it. This thing is rigged. It's rigged. I mean, the league itself that is responsible for making sure, let's let's use baseball, making sure that the base paths are 94 feet apart, that it's 60 feet, six inches between the mound and home plate, that everybody gets three outs and three strikes, right? Has decided that, well, maybe one team, the, the base paths is or 84 feet instead. And on the other team, we're going to lower the mound to like Bob Gibson era, make it a little bit easier for them. I mean, that's what's happened here. The party is the Astros. They know the pitches are coming. Yes, yes. And you look at the definition of rigging in in the dictionary, and and one of the definitions given is managing or fraudulently um, corrupting a process in order to get a desired result or outcome. So don't just take my word for it. Take dictionary.coms. They have rigged this process. And you know I hate using terms like this, man. You're hating it less and less though. You know why? And I dig that about you. (laughs) Because the way that I'm wired, I, I am fine accepting the things I cannot change. I'm just wired differently than most people. I'm, the serenity prayer, I, I have no use for it. I'm, I'm totally okay with it. You guys have seen me, you've worked with me pretty closely now for five years. You guys see me walk around here, lament, whine about a bunch of stuff that I cannot change? Is that kind of the way I'm wired? No, No. no you no. see me lament and whine, don't you? But it's always about the things that I think I can control and change. Indeed. Not about the things that I think I can't. Once, I've, once, it, once I understand, I, 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 I believe greatly in the sovereignty of God. To the point that I'm willing to accept that it doesn't work itself out in either the way or the outcome that I think is right or would prefer. Um, and, And even though on a personal level I hate saying a process is rigged, I'm not in control of this process. I'm not in control of this environment. I can only react to what is put in front of me. And what is in front of me. You know, I'm not going to be the Dana Scully here. Now, I'm not wired to be Fox Mulder either. That's not my default. You know, just to immediately, uh, you know, lurk in the shadows for the answer. But when it's clear that What's happening in the shadows is in control. I'm not going to become the Dana Scully here either and concoct fantastical theories in order to maintain my 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 sanity or make myself plausible to the masses or or to to, to demonstrate that I'm better and smarter than other people because I just don't give in to such simpleton notions. Right. Right. I'm not going to do that. The reality is, they're controlling this process and they're doing it out in the open to get the outcome that they want. And 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 this isn't like this is beyond Roger Ailes turning Fox News into Scott Walker 2016 or Jeb Bush 2016 or Marco Rubio 2016 and then eventually Donald Trump 2016. This is far beyond. That's that's one media outlet. This is an entire political party coordinating with all of its propagandists on various platforms to in the span of really 24 hours heard sheeples of people, millions of people in into polling booths to vote because and why? Because they they they, they their sheep hear their voice. They got the bat signal. They 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 did do dut- they performed dutifully what their party asked them to do, like good statists do. The state has spoken in this case, the hoax state, deep state, whatever you want to call it, has spoken. And a guy that didn't even visit, didn't campaign, run ads in several of the states he won last night, including states he won convincingly, ends up winning. Because he's not the candidate. He's he's just a, a piece of clay. He's a vessel, a proxy. Biden is not determining, that's our second point here, he's not determining any of this. His campaign did exactly none of this. The only thing his campaign has done in the last two weeks that was constructive was Simone Sanders tackling some, that heckler last night before she got on the stage and pulled a Bernie Sanders on him. Do you guys see that? Mm-hmm. That is literally the only affirmative act the Biden campaign has committed in two weeks was that. Didn't we joke about
0: him a few weeks ago back as it's weekend at Bernie's. It's happened. That's
1: exactly what it is. It's propped me up beside the jukebox. Put that talking point back up there for just a second, Aaron. This is the first time now, now there have always been proxies. Like when Fred Thompson ran in the Republican Party, he was essentially a proxy for the Dick Cheney wing of the party, which is why the, the whole Dick Cheney political apparatus went to work for him. That, that, this, this, is, this, this has always been the case in both major political parties. But what we've never seen before is one major political party, when it's still a highly competitive race, not just putting its thumb on the scale, but like a millstone and saying, that's our guy. That's who we're going with. And and we understand that in this case, he doesn't remember who is standing next to him. Doesn't remember who he's talking to, what day of the week it is. It doesn't matter. What are you going to do about it? That's our guy. That's who we want. That's, we're going to just do this shamelessly out in the open we're not even going to try to hide it there's no there's going to be no subterfuge here whatsoever we're just going to do this out in the open another example of the things that we used to just kind of suspect were the case being confirmed for us officially the next point about this i want to make for the first time i can ever remember The Democratic Party has behaved like the Republicans, choosing the next election over the next generation. They will truly do anything to defeat Donald Trump. Anything. Which means, vis-a-vis, the Democrats will truly do anything to defeat Bernie Sanders. At this point, assume you're being lied to about everything. Everything.
0: You had no idea how timely that phrase was no be, idea when we decided it
1: was going to be our theme. Did you none? We mentioned yesterday when you were gone, they were coming out with polls that showed that in, in, in one day Bernie said that uh, Joe Biden was going to win North Carolina with, with 46 to 10 or, or 46 to 28 were some of the polls I shot. It, it was much closer than that. Okay. And I said to our audience yesterday, if they're going to this extent and they suddenly have polls ready to go, that shows just like that, Biden's going to win this uh, North Carolina by 30 points. Assume that they just had these polls ready to go. The whole thing's a scam. Just assume the whole thing is a scam. um, Mark my words. This is the longest it's going to take to count delegates in the state of California ever. Mark my words. They'll be counting delegates in California as long as it takes until Bernie drops out of this race. And I'm a little, how much right now do we think he won by, I'm a little out of the. About nine or 10 points is what it's looking like last I saw. Okay. OK, so Bernie should end up getting you the AP delegate count. What did you have, Aaron? What is it? What was it this morning?
2: Uh, I cannot remember that off the top of my head. Well, it was in but your it montage. Was, it was in right. But it was. Yeah, it was in the it was in the neighborhood of uh, four hundred fifty to three hundred seventy. So I've got so know.
1: so less than four hundred. OK, I counted delegate math last night out of Texas and California alone. Bernie Sanders, just those two states, not counting what he won in Colorado or even the states that he didn't win, like Alabama, where he still gets delegates. Out of California and Texas alone, he should at least have 300 delegates. And AP is telling us here at at 1222 Eastern time in the 21st century that they, they've they only awarded about 86 or something of the delegates or 96, I think it was what it was. 72, 21 and four was the last account I saw of California. I I did the math based on the the numbers that we are seeing. And I think Bernie Sanders will, well, should, should win upwards of 300 delegates from Texas and California alone. And here we are because, because take it from the, I was on the campaign where we stole the camp. We stole it from Ben Carson garbage after Iowa, the narrative of what happens after a momentous occasion controls often what's going to happen. The next momentous occasion, like Pete Buttigieg, their clumsy attempt to rob Bernie in Iowa never gave Pete Buttigieg really the, the, all the momentum he needed to actually win the state. Similar to what happened to your guy, Rick Santorum, although that wasn't an attempt to screw him. They just were inept. Okay? Any momentum that Bernie ought to be getting out of California, it's there is none. No. Absolutely none. That's the number one state in the union for the Democratic Party is California. All of it's it, it's it's the genesis. It's the it's the cue source of the modern Democratic Party is the state of California, and Bernie won it and by a pretty wide margin. And, he's, and he and he's, he may win more delegates, almost as many delegates out of California alone as his total is being projected right now. But it's like the California primary never happened, and they'll take as long to count those delegates as it takes for Bernie to get no credit for winning the state whatsoever. Assume you're being lied to about everything. Don't be shocked if we find out that a one-on-one debate between Biden and Sanders has to be canceled because of coronavirus fears, stuff like there, that.
2: There, there can't be another debate. Uh, you're, you're not going to put up if you're really if if you're the Democratic Party. You, if you're actually thinking ahead, you can't put. You can't put Biden up against him. You would think not, because we
1: saw in Iowa, the more people got a chance to look at him, the worse that he did. You saw in New Hampshire, the more people got a chance to look at him, the worse that he did, right? Mm -hmm. On the other hand, a whole bunch of states that didn't see him at all, he didn't campaign, appear, advertise. He won decisively, okay? So, just assume from this point on, everything is essentially originating from a lie. I am... I'm going to begin my analysis from that point, that, that everything, even more than I already were, that, that the, 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 the delegate count itself is a lie. I'm going to assume that, too. Next point. Just as we've seen the past few years, with things we long suspected suddenly brazenly being declared officially and shamelessly confirmed, this now applies to this primary. This primary has become the logical extension of what the last few years have been, where everybody has decided, suddenly, it's just time to stop lying to each other, and let's just be honest. It's time for Lord Nefarious to come out from behind the shadows, and for the devil himself to just start dancing the jig in a red unitard and a pitchfork. And be proud of it. Everything is drag queen story time hour everything is we're not even going to pretend decorum not even for the occasion of a presidential election nothing 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 will get in the way of our of our of of our lust nothing will whether it's for power money prestige electability nothing nothing will unhinged everything is unhinged now old testament time it is that you are, you are living in a time where everyone will now do what is right and wise in their own eyes with no shame for any public consequences whatsoever. And the next point, this should now become a war of attrition over delegates. It should be. I ran some scenarios this morning. Even, even the rosiest scenario, taking Warren and I did take Bloomberg out, assuming he was going to drop out when I did this this morning, and just awarding all of that to Biden. The soonest, if Bernie wanted to fight this, the soonest I could get Biden to the 1900 delegates was the end of May. And that was in rosy scenarios. I ran a few other scenarios where I couldn't get Biden to 1900 delegates at all. But I don't know that, again, I don't think any of that matters. I don't. I think any, any, any conclusion is possible now. I think I think now that you, you could have to you could be forced to put, to put Biden back on the stump for long periods of time and then a whole bunch of people are like what in the sam hill that guy cannot be president. I think we could just wake up one morning and before a state like Arizona with a high Hispanic population Bernie Sanders has a sudden second health scare. I think it, I think a bloodbath in Milwaukee I I think any, any, any conclusion is pretty much possible at this point. And there's another scenario too that I didn't include in my talking points. So I'll close with this. The other reason they could be doing this Beyond, and it, it could be, has, it has really little to do with their desperate to beat Trump. The other reason they could be doing this is that if Joe Biden wins the presidency, there will be no discernible policy difference between him and Bernie Sanders. What, what are their policy disagreements now? Do you know? Do you well, know what their discernible policy disagreements particularly are? Particularly considering
0: he's going to be
1: propped up and there's going
0: to no be doubt. all kinds of puppet masters no doing doubt. the
1: work. No doubt. But the problem is Bernie is honestly selling the end game. He's honestly selling it. And that's, that's problematic for them. And hey, you just throw Joe Biden up there, let him lose with dementia. And then you blame it afterwards. You do your own autopsy like the GOP did in 2012 and your autopsy finds, well, you know, people just didn't want to vote for another old white guy retread with dementia. They didn't and just, you throw him totally under the bus as a sacrificial lamb. And you prepare for a time when you've got a better package to sell your end game maybe a maybe a 45-year-old former dreamer a great american testimony success story that is a far more inspirational figure to attach to bernie sanders ideology than bernie is that could be the other reason they're doing this as well that this could actually be a long-term play biden is the sacrificial lamb we protect our end game We don't put it in the hands of a Bernie Sanders and blow it up in front of the country so that we can reveal it when we think we've got the right package, the next Obama, to sell you this whole cloth. More on this in a moment. Hey, did you know that dry dog food must have a two to three year shelf life? Dry dog food manufacturers, they sterilize the food just like they do for human beings uh, as well, um, because they have to kill anything alive inside your pet's food in order to mass produce it for long shelf lives. Same thing happens to us when we eat food out of a box as well. So all the good stuff, the probiotics, the enzymes, the vitamins and healthy microbacteria, minerals, et cetera, are gone. And your dog needs those just like you do. So as the, I guess we'll call it the parent uh, to uh, our dog, Cap. Very, very happy to see how much he likes Rough Greens, Vita Smart. First of all, he doesn't like it. He is obsessed with this product. He absolutely loves it. Now remember, this is not a dog food. It's a supplement to put the good stuff back in your dog food. And apparently it tastes great to dogs too, because you can hear, if we were to, we're getting closer to it being warm enough to open the windows in the house again. I mean, folks across the street are going to hear Cap wolf this stuff down every morning when he gets it in his dish, all right? So if you want to see, if if your dog will love it every bit as much as ours does, take the Rough Greens 14-Day Jump Start Challenge Today for just 1495. That's less than 15 bucks. And see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. If you want to see your dog thrive again, just go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's roughgreens.com slash blaze and take the 14-day jumpstart challenge today at Roughgreens. That's R-U-F-F, Roughgreens.com slash blaze. I have, I mean, my mind has been racing since about 10 o'clock last night. Uh, with everything that has gone on. I woke up this morning and, you know, I I felt like I was drinking from my own fire hose. I had so many thoughts going through my head uh, about what has transpired the last couple of days. But I'm going to take a step back and uh, let you guys provide some of your insight since I've had plenty to say already. And Todd, since you've been gone for a few days, we'll start with you. Uh,
0: It's all... Uh, the combination of my personal events and what's going on as Steve just laid out, th- thank, thank God it's all out in the open now. What Steve has been doing since my time on the show, but has been doing it as long as I've been listening to him and, he is, and I have been uh, acquaintances for what is going on uh, two decades, is trying to get this out in the open. Trying to get rid of the nonsense, the lies, the propaganda, and just have the fight out in the open. It's there, as talk about unknowns. It, it, there's no way of knowing how how long this goes in in terms of. I mean the the amount of time Steve has a show. Forget Trump and, the, and whether he wins or loses. I mean, we are now existentially in a time where we 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 need to reclaim the American Revolution. It 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 is. It, I I think it's fair to say, in many respects, if we are having these conversations, it it is largely dead and gone. And we have to do a reclamation effort to get it back. We, we're just we're cruising on fumes to such an extent. Taking it's it's the conversations I've had recently. You you there, there's no. The things of eternity or the things of liberty. And Thomas Jefferson talked about the we, we are not, I know we think we are because of the many blessings we're surrounded by, but we're not just on this assembly line that takes us to the good, the true, and the beautiful. You don't just end up in eternity because you had some good thoughts and lived in America your whole life. It, it That's not how this works. That's how ne- any of this works. Decisions, hard decisions to dig in, to do what must be done to protect the things of liberty, to strive for the things of eternity must be done. And now, if you don't understand that now and are not willing to in the face of the things Steve has been telling you, just told you, and we will be telling you going forward, uh, I, I say this in all charity, it's a you problem. Wake up, decide what is worth living for, and fight for it.
2: Well said, extremely well said, Todd. Um, I, I would like to. I'd like to use the before some of the big picture thoughts, kind of the meta meta narrative here. Uh, I, I'd like to use the last theory that you posited, Steve, uh, that that we didn't inc- include in, in those bullet points about how maybe how maybe the Democrats do kind of have a long game planned here as kind of a jumping off point. I I think it is far more likely. It is far more likely. That they are just pulling out the Republican playbook here because all of this right now reeks of reactionary, uh, reactionary uh, moves. Mm-hmm. Everything is reactionary. And when you have a long game, you, you're not reacting like I think we're seeing right now. You, you actually I mean they would, not, they would not have let him get yes. as far
1: as he did. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, and I think I, I think this goes back to something that you and I talked about a little bit, uh, a little bit um Off the air on on Monday, whereas if you are the Democrat Party, if you are the the, the ones who pull the the strings kind of in in the shadows um, and you are looking at President Trump and you tried all of these various hoaxes. All of these various hoaxes, you have tried and you have told the American people ad nauseum for four years straight that this guy is an illegitimate president. He's the worst threat to American democracy. And you see Bernie Sanders, Bernie, I love Fidel Castro's literacy programs, uh, Sanders, and you're thinking to yourself, oh bleep. This guy is going to lose us multiple states that we probably should win and multiple down ballot races. Oh, bleep, we have to do something here. Because what I said briefly in that first segment, you cannot, if you're the Democrats, you cannot... Have another debate if you want if you want any chance of Joe Biden being your nominee, because there's not six, seven, eight people up on that stage anymore. It's just going to be two or three at the most. And you're not. So every single move you make from here on out only gives more fuel to the fire of, of Bernie Sanders and his cause. And everything you do, canceling a debate, not giving him coverage, everything you do gives his base and really the base of your party, that, that, that wing, that faction of your party, every every excuse in the world, more excuses to do, to do and say everything that, that they have been already about uh, ditching the establishment. And here's here's, I think, the mistake, if this is true that the democratic establishment whoever is is really pulling the strings over there here's the mistake i think that they're making yes they know that their voters are chattel they know that they're sheeple so they're not afraid they think i think that they think if there's any long term um, game at all they think that they can just rattle their zipper mm-hmm and have them come back in the end, whether that's whether that's in November or four years or eight years from now. I don't think, though, that they realize what the base of their party is capable of. Not just in the short term in turning Milwaukee into a hellhole and burning that place down, but in the long term, stuff like this, when you completely screw your candidate this far into the race... Two races, two two uh, you know two cycles in a row, two presidential cycles in a row. That's the type of stuff, especially with the true believers, that could cause a legit split. Because I don't think the people, the makeup of that party, are the same as the Republican Party. The Republican Party, I I think the base of the Republican party always going to circle the rag wagons because the Democrats are so bad. I don't think the Democrats are going to do that. And I think that's the fatal flaw that whoever's pulling the strings. I think that's the fatal flaw in their thinking is that this is going to do much more long-term damage than I think that they think it's going to, as far as the meta, as far as the meta narrative goes along the lines of what Todd was saying. What we're seeing now is what we talked about yesterday with Rhett and Leak. At least they are being honest <laughs> about who they are. Yes, this is us. <laughs> we are just pulling the strings. The Rhett and link, you know, um, they're just. Play, you know what? We're rejecting this part of uh, this 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 tenet of Christianity. So we might as well reject the whole the thing whole cloth. In, in a world where people, and yes, assume you're being lied to. Everything has a basis in lies. But at least when we get, you know, get get to that point, we're getting closer to the truth. Once we get to the point where we're no longer under any aspersion whatsoever, that truth is actually being told we're actually closer to the truth than we were before, you know, because we're not fooling ourselves. That's an environment where our worldview actually can thrive. The environment where our worldview can thrive is when we're honest about who the Republican establishment is, what the Republican party stands for, which is not a darn thing. And where the people like Bernie Sanders are just being honest with you about what, what they believe as bleak as that is. That's an environment where our worldview can actually be successful because at least people are being honest and we're getting towards that point, even though it seems as murky as ever.
1: Give me Nero over Festus. If you want to, if you want me to take a binary choice, give me Nero over Festus. Why? Because Nero, Nero, the backlash to him will spark a revival because, because, because Nero don't give a care. He's not here for payouts or he's not here to be bribed like Festus is. Uh, Nero is here he's he's got a commitment to his uh, his crusade every bit as much as as you do and and that kind of goes to what you're talking about here when in Texas last night 81% of Hispanics uh, Hispanic millennials voted for Bernie Sanders 81% what's the fastest growing demographic in Texas Hispanic Hispanic millennials Yeah. 81% of them voted for Bernie Sanders So I don't believe it's a long-term play to protect their endgame either. Otherwise, I would have included it in the bullet points. Here's why I threw it in at the end. And I alluded to it on my Twitter account. It's time to start analyzing all of this without any dogmatic biases, similar to the conclusion we made on this show about foreign policy a few years ago. We just, we got to get rid of the, are you an interventionist, non-interventionist, neocon, none of that, that's all irrelevant. Those dogmatic views are irrelevant when you're dealing with a global amorphous organism known as Islamic Jihad. You've got to, portability is what matters. Situational awareness is what matters, right? And In one situation, you know what? Blowing you to smithereens might be the right strategy. In another, simply just, uh, you know, trying to bankrupt your economy might be. Ignoring you. Might be a good strategy in, in another circumstance. In another one, sending the you know a, a couple hundred thousand American troops on your doorstep uh, to to rattle your cage and topple your regime might be. I, I, I think we've got the the dog. We cannot impose our own dogmatic biases on an enemy that doesn't start with any of the premises we begin with. Okay, I think it's time to start doing this now on the on the domestic political front because. The Democratic Party has already lost to the likes of Bernie Sanders. Yep. And I think, I think this is all reactionary. I think this is the Epstein didn't kill himself of political machinations. That the desperation of getting rid of this guy is so overwhelming that it, that it, it, it risks exposing what's going on in the shadows to get it done. Similar to, oh, look, hey, it just so happened the the surveillance camera broke. Oh hey, look! It just so happened that the the guards at the at a at a maximum security prison were completely inept. Hey, look! It just so happens that he was able to get materials while being under constant surveillance and surveillance and suicide watch. He was able to get the materials to quote unquote kill himself. Oh hey, look! It just so happened that he was just taken off of suicide watch. All right, and then and then killed himself. I mean, who knows? Right? I mean, tomato, tomato. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. I mean, I mean, who are we fooling here? Nobody that doesn't want to be fooled. Nobody that doesn't want to be. The rest of us with any level of discernment recognize this is a scam, right? And that's what this is. This is the Epstein didn't kill himself of political parties. Coming out of the shadows, even for all the heat they took four years ago for doing this. Coming out of the shadows and doing it even more wantonly and brazenly again was, was worth it. The exposure was worth it. The collateral damage of exposure and the future fissures that will have to be healed from this after the name Bernie Sanders is long since forgotten. Worth it in order to stop this from happening now. Why? Go to the montage we played yesterday. Aaron, remember that? We had this one prominent businessman, longtime yeah. Democrat donor, Clintonista, mm-hmm. losing his mind. Bernie Sanders is an anarchist, Right. And I said this to Glenn Beck on his show this morning. I think a lot of these people don't believe the stuff that they have been using against us for decades. They have been using these people and their talking points cynically to acquire power. Letting them have control of the college campuses, hoping they could just contain them there. Yeah, You stay there and teach the crazy stuff. We'll be here on Wall Street and on K Street making the real decisions over here. That These are people largely that are, that are, that are Clinton types. They have no ideology other than me. That's my ideology. How can I use all my relationships? How can I use the, the, the levers of power? How can I use the, the instruments of government for my own personal causes? It's
0: why with them, you have tape of them 20, 30 years ago saying the exact opposite. When Bernie Sanders has been saying the
1: same thing for 30 years. Yeah, they're not for abortion necessarily because they have a great feminist eugenics viewpoint. They just don't want to have to take care of children they don't want. Everything is about me. It's all about me. The Clinton Foundation's about me. Monica Lewinsky's about me. Everything's about me. Me, 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 me. I can lie what I want, take what I want, say what I want, whatever I want. I can use the this, these are folks that graduated from the Aaron Burr of school of government. Government exists for the lining of my pockets. Total gangster government, and they cynically they cynically played to this Marxist element, this intersectionality element, whatever we're calling it nowadays. They cynically played to it the way the Republicans have cynically played to evangelicals and tea partiers, you know, whatever the up, populist uprising movements have been in on the right over the years. Cynically play, wink and nod, give them a little bit, just use their talking points. And then once they get into power, it's really about how we can use that power. That's why the, you know, the, the minute he left the White House, Barack Hussein Obama wasn't down with the struggle anymore. He was buying a 30,000 square foot resort at Martha's Vineyard, brah. Okay? They're just using you. Using you. I mean, Barack Obama used Jeremiah Wright. Earned himself some street cred going to that church. And then the minute he starts running for president and Jeremiah Wright is dead weight, what's he do to Jeremiah Wright? He introduces him to uh, to the, uh, the, the upside of a bus while he's getting run over. Jeremiah Wright, wrecked him, barely knew him. I don't know what a Jeremiah Wright is. I don't know what that is. What are you talking about? Well, the problem they have now though is the true believers are getting elected to Congress. They're senators now. They're squads now their generation you see the parents always lose to the children always why because the children outlive the parents the parents always lose to the children it's just a matter of how long it takes for them to cash in the inheritance and they have cynically played to this base for a long time and then got up one morning post new hampshire post nevada and 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 as aaron said went oh bleep Jack Nicholson's—it is it, not one flew over the cuckoo's nest. He's taking it over. The inmates are going to take over the asylum here. They're going to throw Nurse Ratchet out of here. I completely agree that this is reactionary. Because if it wasn't, they wouldn't have let Bernie Sanders get this far. They wouldn't have gotten to this point. They wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have had to do full onboard triage of Joe Biden out in the open to the point that everybody knows that they're doing it. And, and rest assured, if Joe Biden gets elected president of the United States this year, he's never calling any of those shots. The very same forces that are driving his candidacy right now will be who are really in charge. And they're probably, I mean, guys, remember the clips we've shown you? Van Jones pretended not to know why black voters don't like Pete Buttigieg. Well, I I'm just mystified. I, I couldn't come up with that. I'm in black all my life. I mean, I just, I don't have a clue why black people don't want to vote for the only gay candidate. I just have no clue where that comes from. This whole thing's been a lie. The whole thing's a lie. And rest assured that the people propping up Biden's candidacy now, the, that are going all, this is, week, that have turned this into Weekend at Bernie's, they're going to be the ones who are really running the show. And they're probably the same people that gave you the hoax state of the last three years. Brett Kavanaugh, marauding rapist. Russian collusion, Ukrainian collusion. Tax cuts will kill you. Net neutrality will kill you. Sequester will kill you. Government shutdowns will kill you. Closing the border will kill you. Children in cages while we show you pictures of them, of that happening during the Obama era, and then lie to you that the Trump administration was doing it. That's who's going to be president of the United States if Joe Biden wins in November. I can't believe I've just said, if you'd have told my four-year-ago self, I would say some of the stuff I just said, and with the conviction yeah, I no. just said it, I'd have said no blanking way, but here we are. And I said it because it's what I think is true. And we are back with our number two live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here. Todd Erzin is back today only, then heading back uh, to finish uh, the grieving process for uh, the passing of his father and uh, the funeral and those sorts of things. Um, in case you missed it, uh, he talked about that at the top of the show. I've gotten a slew of emails, by the way, already this morning. Wow. Uh, people uh, wishing you and your family the best. Thank so you all. Thank I'd, you all. I'd pass them all along to you, but i just hit the forward button like 20 times. So can I just corporately tell you right now that a whole bunch of people want to wish you well and your family well?
0: Got it. Can I say one more thing that I forgot, and it won't take long, but sure. I, I said it's a sad place to go to the VA. I, the, the nurses there? who
1: The Angels. Uh, the Sad most, because the infrastructure, they deserve better.
0: The uh, most yeah. amazing human beings to uh, light in the darkness. You want to talk about that? So God bless you all.
1: 888 eight, 93 is the number, and Aaron's here too. Steve at stevedace.com. Of course, you knew that. You wouldn't be able to talk to us if he wasn't here. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the show, D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. If you are listening today via the podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star review. The more of those we get, it helps us to spread the word and makes it more likely we get to continue to do this for a living. So thank you to all of you that have given us one of those five-star reviews already. I know some of you, because I've gotten some of those emails as well, have questions about some of the Republican primaries that went on across the country last night. Uh, particularly because the the just as California is kind uh, of uh, the the cue of the National Democratic Party, well, Texas is kind of that for the Republican sure. Party, right? They had several primaries last night. Daniel Horowitz, our good friend from Conservative Review, he'll take us inside politics to talk about some of those races here at the bottom of the hour, including the curious case, yet again, an Alabama Senate primary has a lot of people doing that, gif that we with with the with the guy with the mulleted guy that gets shared all the time it makes me happy. a a lot of people are trying to figure out why is the president helping the chamber of commerce open borders republican Uh, so we'll just let that's daniel's territory all right so we will let him kvetch on said topic coming up at the bottom of the hour all right but let's get to buy seller hold brought to you by home title lock who wants to warn you that you would be shocked how easy it is that your home can be stolen. That is a brutal lesson that a woman named Deborah learned recently when thieves found her home's title online, forged it, and then literally took ownership of her home in an instant. Thieves legally owned her home, her equity gone. She had to spend, she got evicted. It had to spend a fortune in legal fees to get it back. The FBI calls this home title fraud. So it's one of the fastest growing crime waves in the country. You don't want to be next. That's why I urge you to protect your online title to your home with home title lock. The legal documents to our homes are often kept online these days. Thieves are hunting for them. So they can do you like they did Deborah. Maybe even just borrow against your home's equity and then stick you with the payments. No insurance or bank or mortgage company protects you, but Home Title Lock does. You could already be a victim of title fraud, not even know it. Find out by registering your home at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. And then enter Steve for one free month of protection. Again, go to HomeTitleLock.com, enter the promo code Steve to get one free month of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. This is Buy, seller Hold. Aaron throws, uh, Todd, you and I, he throws us a few predictions, propositions, etc. It could be on a multitude of topics, often supplied by our audience. We then decide, are we buying that? Or are we selling that? Once per show, per week, we are allowed to hold. But if it is for any reason other than, wow, that's lame, then you are punking out. And will be punished according to the dude
2: code, Aaron. We'll start with Konstantinos Roditis, who says Warren continues to stay in the race until Biden has it locked up because the DNC wants her to hurt Bernie. Bye
0: bye. Yeah, bye. She's yes. bye. She's been gotten to too. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jim Stalker says the Democrats media complex are going to start ignoring Sanders completely and will go as far as blatantly fabricating data to bolster Biden.
1: I will buy. And, and I want to be very careful about what I'm going to say, okay? But I'm taking everything suspiciously. Like we had heard about coronavirus issues in Washington State this week, right? I think there's even been a couple of deaths up there already, correct? Yep. At least one. Suddenly now this morning, we've got six confirmed cases of coronavirus in California. The morning after the California primary, all the votes aren't counted. All the, de- all the delegates aren't allocated. I don't know. Maybe that happened, or I'm sure that it happened. Maybe, but maybe it's just happening right now, or maybe it it's just coming to light right Mm -hmm. now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I do. I think I think you need to start considering at at the rate we have seen. I mean, you saw two years ago. We saw the media discover Michael Evanati, turn him into a household name, and then within weeks. He's getting invited to speak at Democratic Party events. Hell, he came to Iowa during the caucus cycle oh, yeah. to speak at the. Well, they don't call it the Jefferson Jackson dinner anymore because that's racist now, right? So, what do they call him now? What do the Democrats call? Do you even know? Do we I, know? I don't remember. The no, the artist formerly known as Jefferson Jackson. That used to be what every Democrat Party's main fundraiser was like the Lincoln Reagan dinner is typically what Republicans do around the country. All right. He it's was like Epstein the really
0: killed himself
1: dinner now. If yes, that's what yes. it is. Yeah. He, he's like, he was like the keynote speaker at the one in Iowa in the summer of 2018. Wasn't he? Or the spring, I believe something like that, mm-hmm. that, that amount of coordination. And just like that, this guy is a household name. I mean, I I, I, again, I'm going against my nature saying things like this. I am not wired like this. I am wired for certainty. But I have, I have, I cannot deceive myself. The only certainty that I can be certain of over the last few years is the uncertainty. And that's what I'm banking on now. I am
0: going to sell only because this is only true in full you they will ignore him but you're just talking about the bias as i've said has been going on in the media for a very long time they it's usually not in the past horns and pitchforks. They will just ignore you. They won't cover the things they want to. They'll use sleight of hand like that. But no, it's going to be way more brazen On which is what Steve has been talking That's why, about. That's so I can Trying see to, debates getting canceled. Oh, debates getting canceled. But they're, you know, yeah. the, the they're going to be, the people that have been pushing socialism for a very long time are, are and it'll be situational day to day. There'll be some days of it like, Red Scare! You know, but Bernie, good, we, socialism is the worst thing that could happen to this country while, you know, silently they've been, uh, they'll still be crossing their fingers fingers, it's going to be, you're just describing the bias that has existed for a very long time. That will happen, but it's going to be so much more. It is going to be real and it is going
1: to be spectacular. Here's the other reason. I'm glad you said that. Here's the other reason, going back to what we, ta- we talked about last hour, Aaron, here's the other reason I don't believe this is some kind of long-term four-dimensional chess, but reactionary. They're They're disabusing the name socialism right now. They're dunking on it. They're trashing it as yeah. a term. Yeah. All right? And if if this was some kind of long-term play and it's really that Bernie Sanders is a is a bad vehicle for what we're doing here and let's just kick him to the curb and then all those people will come back to us, they, they wouldn't be dunking on the branding. Their branding up till now
0: has been dunking that hard on capitalism and yes. massaging yes. socialism in various
1: ways. Yes. Yes. By the way, did you see... In in the Texas primary exit polling, socialism was more popular in Texas with Democrats than it was even in California, had a higher favorable. That's a yo. So, that's a yo. And so if, if if this was not reactionary, they wouldn't there's plenty of ways to criticize Bernie Sanders. Just simply say, hey, this guy's a carpet bagger. He's not even a Democrat. He hasn't bled for any of our causes. When, he, when, he, when does he go out there and raise money? He's been in the Senate for 35, 40 years. When does he go out there and raise money for us? Campaign for candidates other than the ones that just personally are, are his stripe of, 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 of socialist. He's, this, he's all about himself. He's not real. This whole thing's fake. He's got three lake houses. His wife's a prominent surgeon who just got investigated for securities fraud, right? How many other things could they do? And, and if you look at all the polls, the only guy Trump consistently beats is who? This guy. He can't win. They could have just stuck with that argument, couldn't they? Yes. They didn't. I mean you got Pete Buttigieg up there saying I don't want to be saddled with the term socialist. You got Joe Biden saying it himself. But I don't just want to run on posters this. Posters of Sanders on yes. his wall as The a same kid. guy who in college wrote an essay that he, the most admired politician of his most admired politician was Bernie Sanders. Now he's like, "Yeah, I don't want to run on this. This is like this is an albatross. You know, what? this is this is almost as big as the millstone that's going to be around my, that I've already got that's poised to be on my, my neck already after what I pulled in South Carolina last week. You know what I'm saying, bro? Right? Yeah. They you hear me knocking and I'm coming in, all right? So, I mean, they're dunking on their, on the brand. They could just make this about Bernie Sanders, isolate him. But they're actually lashing out at his base. They're lashing out at the people he's inspired. That they played a role in inspiring too. If If this was a long-term play, or they had thought this out a little bit more, and it wasn't the Epstein didn't kill himself of political operations where they just like we got to do it, deal with this stat. All right. That first docu dump was out. Prince Andrew's name came up. I don't care. Make it go away. I don't care how bad it looks. We'll deal with the collateral damage later. It's not nearly as bad as the second or third Epstein docu dumps going to be. Make this stop. That's what happened here. They're just reacting. They're reacting. The, the parents are like, I cannot believe these children actually, we can't hand the family business over to these kids. We can't let them drive our car. They're going to be the death of us. They're reacting. And the fact that they went so far as to, as to blast and blemish socialism as an ideology and as a term. Chris Matthews on MSNBC, Democrats need to come out and say... They believe in the markets. When was the last time Chris Matthews believed in the markets on MSNBC? I'll give you an answer. Never! Never's the answer. Never. And now who just got epstein Yes. In broad daylight. By who? The same base that represents Bernie Sanders. That is going to win. They've already won this. It's just, this is why I wanted Bernie to be the nominee this time. Because when they come fully into their own, we're going to have to deal with their own version of a Barack Obama. Not, not someone with a great compelling life story. Uh, my, some, fu- yeah. some other minority glass ceiling, and it's not going to be a crazed old Khrushchev, bad Khrushchev impersonator. Okay. Who's 90 years old. It's going to be somebody people are like, man, remember how you couldn't like vet Barack Obama's record on stuff because people just wanted to vote for this, the first black president, it's going to be like that. All right? and, and this a lot time,
0: of the, behind Hope and Change, the hammer and sickle and we yes. will
1: actually be. Yes. Yeah, it'll be, you will be made to care, with a smile on their face. And like, you know, public enemy concerts, like they were doing for Bernie Sanders last week. All right? So, I, I wanted to make that point. The fact that they went so far as to dunk on socialism as an albatross, they took this beyond their issues personally as a party with with Bernie Sanders. And they went after his base instead. Well, the problem is the camel's nose and caboose is under the tent, running uh, the college campuses, getting elected to Congress and Senate. They're, they can't put that genie back in the bottle now. It, it, it's going to have its way eventually.
2: All right. Nathan Coda says Bernie will go full on Khrushchev during the next debate and take his shoe off to hammer the podium in front of him.
1: <laughs> I'll buy in spirit. I'll buy in spirit. I just think there's a better chance that there's never a debate than that occurs. OK, but uh, and, and I think this kind of ties into the previous thing from Constantinus about Elizabeth Warren. She now becomes like the John Kasich. Yep. Uh, you, we just ma- to make sure that there's never a Cruz yep. Trump one on one debate. Got to put Kasich up on the stage. Some, some there has to be some buffer. All right. So somebody else can talk. Right. And then suddenly Elizabeth Warren is suddenly really concerned about whether Bernie Sanders's plans are going to add up or not. Right,
2: so talks mm-hmm. about how her dad was a mailman.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, Simply Mana says Bernie, as an opponent for Trump, will provide Trump the opportunity to not have to go so far right to win, since any contrast is already to the right. So, point. no need a dialogue about socialism, but will actually provide the GOP an opportunity to go further left more quickly. You know, there's a you're, lot there. But you're,
1: then- you're you're right, except for the sentence about no dialogue about. Be- see, you contradict yourself. Who was who that? Simply mama. You can you contradicted yourself there. Um, and his name is Jim Schlegel. Okay. Uh, Jim Schlegel, you contradicted yourself because, because the whole dialogue would get to be about socialism. There would really no need be no need to have an affirmative move to the right as a contrast because of what you said before that any, basically almost any position Trump takes is going to be a contrast to what Bernie is advocating as an open socialist. All right. So, Yes, they're going to continue moving left because that's the whole process has moved left. I mean, yesterday, our big win, and that's going to happen whether Trump wins or not, by the way, that's because that's why we're revival or bust. The Overton window has been moving left my whole life. I mean, yesterday, our big win was the Supreme Court decided five to four by one vote. The Supreme Court determined that, yes, states can prosecute illegal aliens who are caught stealing Americans' identities in order to acquire jobs. So illegal aliens, who, illegal is already a what? Crime? Sure. So, so criminals who now commit a further crime of stealing your identity can be prosecuted, according to the Supreme Court, by a scant five to four decision. The fact that that even had to go to the Supreme Court to begin with and then was one vote away from illegal aliens being permitted uh, to steal your identity um, and have it decriminalized like, you know, smoking marijuana shows you've already lost that debate that the Overton windows already moved way over here to the left on this, that this is even being debated right now. So this is going to move to the left period cuz it's all it's been moving to the left. There was a brief period of time about half of the Reagan presidency and then I would say again like the first 100 days of the Congress in 1994. And then I think there's been sporadic attempts of this presidency that's the contract with America that I was referring to. And then this presidency has made some sporadic attempts. They haven't really been concentrated, but individual attempts on issues like, you know, trying to defund Planned Parenthood, religious freedom, uh, some foreign policy stuff like moving the embassy. This administration has attempted to do some kind of uh, sporadic, scattered shot ver- attempts at moving the window to the right. Okay. But by and large, from a narrative standpoint, the window has been moving to the left my entire life, except for those three exceptions. I am selling
0: because you're right holistically. It's the Trump factor. He, And the way you worded that is Trump isn't going to feel the need to move. Trump has never, since he's been running for president, felt the need to run right or left the way you think about that. He's not a leftist. He's not a conservative. He just... Does things remember he and if it happens to be the border and things like that, it's because he's he's got a vibe, a a populist vibe, a a a way he woke up in the morning, any number of things. But I just he doesn't think right or left. Steve's right. There's people around him that do, but we talk about the unknowns again. We and Steve said this more than anybody else. You you cannot go to the bank on something you think Trump is going to do. Other than be predictable, it may end up it's going to fit in one of those columns right or left, but it's not going to be because he's thinking right or left.
2: Joseph Kurnos says if Bernie is not nominated, his martyrdom from not being the Democratic nominee will lead to the establishment of a socialist or communist party as a third option within 10 years.
1: No, it will sell. It will just I think it accelerates these people uh, that are currently running the show. This is their last gasp the fact that the, that the best they could find as an alternative to, to rein in their own zeitgeist is a guy that's ran for president a multitude of times and until Saturday had won in exactly as many states as I have ever ever, ever won running for president and I never ran. And is a dementia riddled gaff machine um, who is legally incompetent. The fact that and they and then they had to at the last minute here muster up every last ounce of of influence they had to get them a a two point win in Maine, uh, a, a a three point win in Massachusetts, a, a a a you know a two point win in Texas. Okay, twenty three percent in their home state of California. Um, this is a battle of the bulge for them. This is their last great offensive of the gangster government Democratic Party. And I think we are living in the time where it's about to be bastilleed. It just may not be in this cycle, but it will be shortly thereafter. so just to hear you right, whereas you've said before, Trump
0: is Trump the presidency is done whether it's in a year or five years. Right now, the, the GOP establishment, don't be surprised if it just reset
1: to where it was before. I've said You're this saying all along, this is the believe exact opposite of the This is the, the opposite of it. Is. And it goes to what Aaron said last hour. The Democratic Party base, well, we, we learned last night they are, a lot of them are as pliable as the Republican base can be. But the committed activist portion of the Democratic Party is not like a lot of the committed activist portion of the conservative movement. In the end, the, the in the end, the committed and I know a little bit about this. I've spent most of my professional career in this business, working in this field. Okay, the commitment, the, the and let me explain why that is. Can let me take a second to explain. the The committed activist movement within the conservative or conservative movement within the Republican Party operates off of a, an access based paradigm. That they that ultimately they they get. They get influence and they move policy by access to the system. So they're always in the end going to cut a deal with a Mitch McConnell. Always in the end going to cut a deal with a John McCain. Always in the end going to cut a deal with a Mitt Romney. Always in the end, going to cut a deal with a Kevin McCarthy like Jim Jordan. You know, I'm not running for speaker. All, after all, guys, I'm not going to challenge McCarthy. I'm going to, I'm going to take the, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, which was it? Uh, ju- I want to say it was the uh, one of the main ones, ways and means. Oh yeah. Th- one of the big committees, budget. One of those, maybe I don't know. One of those. Okay. Um, in the end, Jim Jordan cut a deal. Our, our activists. It's not that Jim Jordan isn't a conservative. It's that he buys into a paradigm of access-based political activism. That ultimately, in the end, we have to have access to a platform. Otherwise, we can't move anything. And it's better to get something than nothing. Okay? They're activist base, because they're Marxists. And Marxists see everything as a will to power. They don't believe in accommodation, At any point, except until, well, they believe in accommodation up until the point they have an advantage and then they don't believe in accommodation anymore. That's how Marxists operate. And so they operate on a leverage based process. They don't, you know, we don't have to worry about having access to the platform if we're the platform and we control it. And that's the difference. And this is going to, this, this experience is going to embolden them all the more once and for all we are going to call all the, we're going to storm the Bastille here. We're going to, we got to call the shots. All right. The let them meet crowd has got to go. Can't be aligned with, can't be trusted. And then of course, after the Bastille was stormed, what, what commenced after that? Does everybody remember? What was it? What was, what was it known as in history? What did it go down as? The reign of what? Terror. Reign of terror is what it was known as. As Galadriel says, hand me that ring and I will be as dark and terrible as the dawn. That's what will come next. But it's coming something wicked this way comes this is going to embolden them all the more when this process is when this particular election particularly if it ends with the re-election of Donald Trump they're going to say en- no enough enough our com- our conservative activist base in the end will always cut a deal and that's why we never topple the quote unquote establishment okay theirs believes in leverage not access. That's the difference.
2: All right. Uh, Chia Jesus Alpha and Omega 3 says, zero mental health experts will appear on CNN or MSNBC diagnosing Biden if he wins the nomination. Now
1: we're cooking with gas. Bye. 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 Yep.
2: Bye. Blake Johnson says, instead of making election predictions, Steve should sit back, sip some of the pumpkin spice latte, maybe a shamrock shake and just enjoy the ride.
0: That's what you're seeing here. You're, it's what? you're met- seeing it. metaphorically happening. Yeah. Yes.
1: If I wasn't in the middle of my intermittent fast. I just would have kicked my feet up during that last hour and and you'd heard me slurping a shamrock shake while I was just Mm -hmm. riffing. Yeah, I'm doing exactly what you are suggesting just minus uh, the refreshments. um, And so bye. (laughs) Really quick, why that
0: last question before is funny though. I mean, people on, on the left Many people are have, are just as concerned, or have been up until today when the memorandum went out, uh, when what uh, Order sixty six or in in Star Wars. Yep. Uh, they, you know they they were talking about Biden not having any game anymore either. But in in the past with Republicans, they'd be having body language people on to talk about you know what they really mean and what their chakra says. Mm-hmm. Here, a guy is going insane in front of their eyes. Yeah, you are not going to see it at all. Yeah.
2: Uh, let's see. Grant Sasky says leftover pizza is the best pizza.
1: Oh, sell.
0: You're a madman. Grant.
1: By the way, can I go back to the last thing about Biden's mental state? For the people we're talking about, it's not a bug. It's a feature. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. It makes him even more attractive yeah. that they ultimately are going to get to govern the country instead. It's not a, it's not a bug. It's a feature.
2: Let's see. Paul Howard says without 10 other people to distract from his gaffes and lapses, Biden is destroyed by Bernie in the next debate. There's not going to be a next debate.
1: At all. By, if there is a next yeah. debate, I, I, have, I have to sell that there will be one. Correct.
2: Let's see. Matthew Shattuck says Tony Romo is undervalued by CBS.
1: I mean, listen, man, I, I think Tony Romo is great at this, but we're going a little crazy now. I don't I don't understand okay. this at all. I mean, I think he's really good at his job, but oh, you cannot be in principle. You can't be undervalued when you're making what is a 30 million a year or something is what he's gonna get paid. Okay, out of principle, you can't be undervalued. So I got to sell on that. And I mean, he's really good, but dude, this isn't like a trans, listening to Tony Romo call a game, basically he's John Madden with a better vocabulary. All right, this is what we used to think of John Madden when we were kids and the telestrator and calling plays. So he's got a better vocabulary and doesn't say boom nearly as much, but I I think he's really good. I think he's even the best. But this idea that this is like a metaphysical experience listening to him on the mic, I mean, dude, Pump the brakes on that. It's just a football announcer. Okay. A really good one. But that's all that we're doing here. Football.
0: Like I don't I told you I don't get to watch as much football anymore. Do you have a are you as clueless though, even though you watch a lot more? Well, why do men think this about him?
1: Because he does
2: He's got this Nostradamus. No, but I know that. He brings, he
1: makes the, here's what, here's what, this is what I really think it is. Like one of the, similar to Trump's secret sauce is that he was running like a third party candidacy within the Republican party, right? Tony Romo's secret sauce is, he, he proves to us, particularly if you're that ham and egger who, who's like, I don't think my coach knows what he's doing. I can call the plays. Mm -hmm. He proves to you that really football's not this rocket science that the elites try to, well, i believe that, and that you couldn't possibly understand yes. it. And you should trust the coaches. The fact that he just sits up there and just, you know, he's in between, you know, yeah. diet Coke sips okay. with thirty seconds, Yeah. And then, and that's what nine. So like, you know, he, he, you hear the guy in the huddle make nine sentence play calls. Yeah. And Tony Rome was like, this is just going to be like a 10 yard button hook in your backyard. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. And I think the average Joe is like, okay. see, I told you, okay, this isn't that hard. That I think total, that's what it is. Makes total sense to me.
2: All right, uh, Stephen Grant says the Field of Dreams game between the White Sox and the Yankees will be the most watched regular season Major League Baseball game in 2020.
1: I like that idea. I'm going to buy. buy. If it's I not can see blacked that for sure. Yeah. I don't.
0: Yeah. Well, you said regular Oh, regular season. It well, it's not it's technically it, Is it? A, it's oh a yeah, regular it's season it, it game. Is in the middle yeah. of the game. Yep. No, but it Oh, that's <laughs> sell, bet the house on yep. that, especially now. People are hating baseball. You, you may be ugly this year.
2: Yeah. Uh, let's see. The crowd outside Lot's house says a proportional <laughs> allocation of delegates system like the Democrats have would help conservatives nationally.
1: Um,
0: it, I don't care. It, it That's should. not our problem. It
1: should. That's not. But the problem is in the end, your network of conservative leaders and activists, if you go winner take all, What's a conservative first allocation. (laughs) They won't go for broke. That's the real issue. Is in the end the conservative movement and it's and many of its that's, leaders and activists always stop a little bit short they never ever say take the castle they Access never say or
2: it. leverage that's what you yep. just were talking about Yep. let's see holly martin says mcu tony stark and let's face it cap and the rest of the avengers much more interesting and entertaining than the marvel comics version of the character
1: holly is cash money homie hundred percent
2: bye Hundred percent.
1: I'm
0: not a comic book reader. I just I'm interested in what's the elevator version of why
1: uh, they're just much more personable. Uh, much more, much, much, and and part of that is the outstanding performances of you know mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. and Tony and and, uh, and Chris Evans and others. I don't think it's a fault of 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 Stan Lee's writing in the comics or um, you know the team over there at Marvel, but there's only so much you can do. When it's a, when it, in, in the sterile connection between you and the written word, when it, when a great performer comes and puts, you know, uh, puts, uh, you know, a flesh and bones on it, it takes it to a totally different level.
2: And that will be it for buy, salt hold this week.
1: When we come back. So what happened around the country last night on super Tuesday with the GOP primaries, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz is about to join us. I got to warn you too. He's like, man, I'm so despondent right now. I don't think I should do this. And I told him that's exactly, this is the Steve Day show. That's exactly why you should, man. That's what we're looking for. (laughs) All right. We'll come back with more here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast in a moment. Spring cleaning season is just about here. It's gonna feel like spring here in the Midwest this weekend. Might hit 70 and as a matter of fact. So if you are getting ready as part of spring cleaning, you're looking around at what your pets did to your carpeting over the winter and you're like, you know what? I've been putting this off, I gotta bite the bullet, gotta get that stain out, gotta get the smell out of here. Before you do that, and you go all in with a major expenditure like new carpeting. Try Genesis 950, all right? Because with water, Genesis 950 is an amazing pet stain and odor remover that breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so that they're gone for good because its antibacterial components go all the way down into the padding. That's why the smell is there. You might be thinking, hey, the stain is gone. I don't see any stains in my carpet anymore. Why does it still smell like pee-pee around here? Well, that's because the padding is the issue, and that's what Genesis 950 does. It gets right down there at the root of the problem. So if you're tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it is time to try Genesis 950. Uh, and hey, you can use this everywhere around your house. In fact, uh, the nice stuff in your, the quartz, the granite in your bathrooms and kitchen, the grease stains on the floor of your garage. You know, lots, a lot of us are going to be cleaning our garages out this time of year as well, but where it really, really shines for you is getting rid of those pet stains and odors out of the carpeting. So if you want to try Genesis 950, here's how you can do it. Go to Genesis950.com genesis950.com use the promo code blaze to get a discount when you go to genesis950.com promo code blaze Well, we've spoken a lot uh, the first hour about what's going on in the Democratic Party, played a little game called Buy, Sell, or Hold. It is now time to talk about what happened across the country last night in the Republican Party's primaries, because just as California is central uh, to the fate and future and the present of the Democratic Party, so is Texas, for example, for the Republican Party, and that was uh, taking center stage last night. Who better to do that with than uh, our watchman on the wall, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our very own Daniel Horowitz, take us inside, good to see you my friend how are
3: you i'm doing all right i'm just warning you i've become a democrat so i don't know if i'm the best man for this job how did how did that happen because i've been called it every time i've ever criticized a
1: republican for not keeping his promises to my audience some in my audience will call me a democrat i'm like so you don't want him to keep his promises to you it doesn't make any sense to me right so i've been called that a lot over the course of my career how did how did you uh, convert
3: no, well, I mean, look, I just decided when you can't beat him, join him. I, at some point, I need to admit that they're right. Um, you know, there's no place in this party for uh, the American worker, the American taxpayer. There's no place for the victims of crime. Um, you know, there's no place in this party for Jeff Sessions. But Kim Kardashian's rear end seems to fit in that White House Oval Office door every day, um, including today. So, you know, I figured, hey, I, I guess they got something. they They're right. You know, we're forever being told that they're right. Everything they want to do is the right thing to do. So maybe we should just become Democrats. I mean, also, when I turn on the radio, all I hear is the Democrat primary. So, you know, Biden's awesome. Look at that comeback. So I don't know. I mean, maybe we should just be Democrats. Uh, I mean, Steve, tell me where I'm wrong here. Well, uh, you proved to us that you're not. So you mentioned Jeff Sessions.
1: So I mentioned this at the top of the show. Yet again, an Alabama Senate primary has a bunch of us. One of my favorite gifts is the guy, the blonde guy with the mullet. He's like shaking his head, right? And he looks around at what's going on around him. Once again, an Alabama Senate primary has us doing that. Okay. So what is going on down there? A lot of people thought this was a shoe-in for Jeff Sessions. And and he's facing a runoff. And uh, it doesn't look like it's a shoe-in at all up against... Former Auburn football coach Tommy Tuberville, who has apparently done a good enough job of getting at least some members of the Alabama Crimson Tide fandom to vote for him, what's what is the state of that race, and and who is Tommy Tuberville other than a once very a former very good football coach?
3: Sure. So I think in order to understand that race, we need to understand the broader thing, what's going on in the Republican primaries. So conservative media doesn't give a darn about Republican primaries. They only care about the Democrat primaries that they cannot influence nor should care to influence. So what has happened is the following. Wherever um, Mark Meadows or Jim Jordan try to recruit someone for the Freedom Caucus – and I'll come back to the Senate in a moment, but let's start off with the House. Kevin McCarthy goes there and recruits against them. Uh, runs ads against them, and then gets Trump to endorse the Swamp candidate against more people like Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan. So this is happening everywhere. Conservatives got swept in every single Texas race. Uh, There were seven open seats last night. Open seats, red seats. You have a great opportunity to get more people in line with Trump's MAGA message than the Mitt Romney message and the Bushy message. But all the Bushies won. And none of the candidates supported by the House Freedom uh, uh, Caucus, the Freedom Fund, won. Um, It was a blowout. The candidate that was challenging Kay Granger, the pro-abortion chair of the House Appropriations Committee, um, who was an Ever-Trumper, called Trump to get out of the race, um, said that Trump was tearing apart families at the border. Uh, She got Trump's endorsement. And the polls – Turn around because the challenger was actually ahead of her, according to my sources. And uh, he was defeated and Granger got reelected. So when you talk about Alabama, it's very important. A lot of people are going to say, well, yeah, you know, they feel that Trump got screwed by Sessions, recusing himself. So, of course, Trump's going to come down hard against Sessions. But that's not true. It's that the establishment, the swamp, gets their man all the time, every time. Because – Even in the cases where you have a never Trumper, Trump goes in and endorses the guy, even in an open seat. I mean, you got um, Tennessee the first time in a lifetime. We have a chance to get a non Lamar Corker Republican from a state where Trump carried like 119 of 120 counties. And yet he endorsed Bill Haggerty, this guy who is Romney's advisor and a Jeb Bush delegate over some really intriguing candidates there every single time Mitch and Kevin want him to endorse the swamp. He endorses the swamp. So what's going on in Alabama is no different from anything else. The swamp doesn't want sessions because they don't want a guy who's going to run against cheap labor and against Kim Kardashian's rear end version of criminal justice. So they're against him. So they just play off the Mueller thing. Now, Tuberville, who's Tuberville now? Steve, you know this from experience. When you are running in a primary in Alabama, you're going to do everything you can to lie to voters to say how conservative you are. But nonetheless, in Alabama, Tuberville hired Rob Jesmer, who is the guy who ran Zuckerberg's FWD group forward that promoted the Gang of Eight as a conservative principle. This guy talked about the need for more foreign labor. These guys for people
1: that don't remember that was the amnesty scam that essentially killed Marco Rubio's potential to be a future president of the United States. Right.
3: Exactly. I mean, look, I had nothing against Tuberville. I knew him as a coach and whatever. Um, But this guy is a just total globalist. I mean, that's just what he is. Sessions, even if you take the worst view of him in the Senate, I mean, he's always going to fight for those values. He's going to be a voice for them. Uh, More than anyone else. And yet. Trump looms very large. You know this. Trump is everything. Trump could single handedly. Kick out the swamp. And getting good guys. Instead. It's nothing more. Than while. All the Fox hosts. And all the phony conservatives. Are busy focusing on Democrats. And whatever else. McCarthy and McConnell. Go to him. And get their man. So that's why you had the result of basically uh, Tuberville and Sessions headed to a runoff. Uh, Tuberville actually was a point higher in the first round. Um, the only mechanical thing to point out there is that there was a third candidate, uh, this Congressman uh, Byrne from the mobile Alabama southwestern part of the state. He took away this, the uh, Sessions uh, base in the southern part of the state, if you look at all those counties that Byrne won, Sessions was a, a sec, second place and Tuberville was far behind. So all things equal, I would think Sessions should be able to win. But if Trump's going to tip his uh, – put his thumbs on the scale, then, yeah, I mean we know how that, that, how that's going to end. But again, why is it that Trump only seems to do this for the swamp? And Steve, I'd be remiss not to mention one more point here. You talk about Trump being self-defeating – to his own agenda there is one important observation that conservatives should have about the democrat primary and that is with this remarkable turnaround of joe biden if not for the democrats successfully and permanently altering the electorate uh sanders would be done but he has this firewall that he was able to win colorado and california Because of the immigrant vote, the mass migration that we've had over the last few decades and that we're continuing to have at an even greater pace. Here's the deal. For the same reason why in the future non-overtly alt-left candidates will have trouble defeating the overt alt-left candidates in a primary is the same reason Republicans won't be able to win in the future. Well, Tom Tillis, the Republican rhino in North Carolina, won his primary last night after he chased out. A credible primary threat when Trump endorsed him. Now Tillis is promoting a 1986 amnesty redux. North Carolina is a state that in 10 years from now, the Democrat electorate will have such a large share of Hispanics that you'll see what you saw in California. You'll (laughs) see in North Carolina. And guess what? In a general election, you'll see what you saw in Virginia. Happened in North Carolina. Well, you'll see
1: it in Texas, for example. I mean, already about thirty-nine percent of the electorate in Texas is Hispanic. Last night, eighty-four percent of Hispanic millennials that voted voted for Bernie Sanders. Eighty-four. Eighty-four percent. That's right, folks. Eighty-four percent of Hispanic millennials that voted in the primary last night voted for Bernie Sanders. That speaks to the future that you're talking about, which means. That ultimately these are self-fulfilling prophecies. That you You may not like the things Daniel is pointing out, may not be convenient, may not give you a warm team GOP fuzzy, but the reality is that eventually, just as the Democratic Party is learning right now with Bernie Sanders and the movement behind him and what they had to do to thwart it the extraordinary measures they had to go to, we talked about earlier in this program, those same demographics are working comprehensively. And eventually, um, yep. you know, you, you might you might want to have Daniel shut up about uh, pro-amnesty Republicans, fine, you know, and get on board and be a team player and beat the Democrats. Just understand that pro-amnesty Republican that you want to help now is going to make it virtually impossible to beat Democrats later. Is that the point you're trying to make? That,
3: that, that's exactly the point I'm trying to make. And the same modus operandi, Where there is no conservative pressure in Trump's voice – in Trump's face on this side. But you have the McCarthy, McConnell, Kim Kardashian, Jared pressure on this end. That's getting him to endorse the wrong candidates. That's getting him to support jailbreak when he downright wants to get tougher. Um, getting him, you know, it's the same stuff that's gonna get us amnesty in the next term. It's already in place. Within the next two months, they can they're they're all gonna push for DACA, DACA. Do you know who these people are? I mean, you just you just mentioned it, Steve. Um, you look at the exit polling data in some of the states. So you take Tennessee, for example, they polled um fave unfave on socialism. The Democrat elected – do you have a favorable view of socialism? Um, it had a, a net plus three in the state of Tennessee. Now, Tennessee is a state where the electorate is still not very uh, much foreign-born, but boy, is there a time bomb there. That's a whole other story with refugees. Um, it's a little bit behind North Carolina, but it's it's coming. But you look at Texas, it's net plus 20, fave, unfave for socialism, among the Democrat electorate, just one point behind California. Um, that's coming from one source, and – Steve, it's coming I mean, from these a part the- of
1: the, it, the, the, the issue is, and I've brought this up before, it's not a, it's not a Hispanic issue. It is a worldview issue where yep. these people are coming from. Okay. And the worldview that these people, the, 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 these people are coming from a Latin America that has been, it's Christianity has been fused with What's called liberation theology, which is just another repackaged form of Marxism, Um, and it's the it's the it's the antithesis of the prosperity gospel you see in american uh protestantism that uh, the point of uh, the, the 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 point of religion is to make you rich uh healthy and wealthy this is the antithesis of this that the the point of 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 religion is to redistribute wealth and power to the oppressed and um uh to the lesser so to speak okay and that's what's dry and and so when this is in your churches Um, And it's preached right alongside the pro-life and pro-marriage message. That's why when we had marriage amendments on the ballot, we always get support from this demographic as well. But from a, from a political party perspective, they are deeply embedded with the, with the democratic party. They, they, they understood the message Bernie Sanders was communicating because even though Bernie Sanders is a, is a very, is, is probably a secularized, he's probably Jewish in name only in terms of his only, his actual religious viewpoints Um, and his real religion is, is statism, but they've heard those sermons from their, catholic pulpits they've heard those sermons that bernie sanders has given the secular jew from and you taught our catholic is not in his head over here the sermons they hear bernie sanders the secular jew giving them from the the political dais daniel they heard those homilies from their from their parish priests uh, or their parents did in the countries they came from and that's why they're lining up with that ideology because it's it's native to where they come from that's why
3: Exactly. We've never seen it so starkly and in the Democrat primary. I mean, it's so balkanized and it's all coming from there. And and here's the thing. You know, it's not like Bernie is more notoriously open borders than any of the other candidates. That that really wasn't his thing. I mean, he had to go along with it like every other candidate. But – His message was all the socialism, um, his economic system. That's what they're voting for. It's the exact opposite of what the country club Republicans were telling us that, oh, they'll join along with all our other stuff if we're just open borders. No, I mean, they're voting for Bernie, not because of his immigration views, Mm -hmm. um, but because of his economic views. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what you're going to get. And what is so tragic is that we were told. In the GOP primary 2015, 2016, that look, you know, nothing else matters until we've we got to get immigration under control. Otherwise, the Democrats are going to have a permanent majority. We need Trump. And, and now, as we see, they're bringing in almost unanimous voices to this White House, not just with their endorsements, but on the policies that we need more workers, low-skilled and high-skilled, endless people from India, who, by the way, also vote overwhelmingly, well, overwhelmingly Je- Democrat – um, and then, you know, they're going to push amnesty. They're certainly going to push this DACA amnesty. I'm left thinking like, hey, um, what was the game plan again? I mean, what, what are we doing here? Uh, what are we obsessing about Biden versus Bernie? What are we focusing on November about? What is waiting for us at the other side of this? And, you know, a lot of people might say, well, you know, did do, do, do you want the Democrats to win? Well, well, no, that's I mean, why
1: you're opposing Democrat voter drives as policy because you don't want <laughs> them to win.
3: I right? mean, I thought there's a third option. Like, yeah. you know, you tell Trump, like, hey, you know, uh, we, we got your back. Like, you know, d- d- don't don't go this McCarthy route. Um, It ain't good for you. There, there's other options. But I mean, if we're going to sit silently and think it's going to happen on its own, I'm just telling you, um, because I have this from the highest levels. You know. Certain notorious uh, conservative leaders might be busy and preoccupied on other matters, but I could tell you that Kevin McCarthy and his ilk—they are not. They have a map of every single race. They—they they have gone into places. By I've the got way, about so sometimes, a minute. yeah, sometimes there's races where by default you only have a conservative. You know, there's just one guy mainly running, and he's—he says he's going to join the Freedom Caucus. McCarthy has gone in there and recruited against him. That, I mean, that's what he's doing. It's not like I'm saying anything novel. I'm saying the things that served as the impetus for people to vote for Trump. We just need to recognize that those factors are still in place. And rather than Trump draining them, they are draining him unless we get in his face.
1: Always good to see it, my friend. Thank you for joining us here today. Take care. All right. Take care. God bless. <sighs> Any final thoughts here on the show as a whole? Of course, Todd, you're going to be out again for the next couple of days, and uh, hopefully you get uh, a chance to reconnect and get refreshed and uh, uh, hit back on the grind on Monday. So we'll see you then. Any other final thoughts before then?
2: It's going to be uh, 69 on Sunday.
1: That's a good thought. That's a wonderful thought. It's a nice thought. I like that. 69
0: degrees, nice. Yep. If the Badgers beat Northwestern at home tonight, they're tied for first place.
1: Man, imagine if you were a Maryland basketball fan right now.
2: This is yours to lose.
1: Yeah. team is just puckering hard. Puckering like David Duvall I, used to pucker 20 years ago, coming up on the 18th grade in the final group of Tiger
0: are they, Woods. Or is this just the Big Ten doing what the Big Ten does this year? I mean, yes. no one's immune to it.
2: Yes. And that, well, this is
0: why the have, Badgers 12, may lose tomorrow at home to Northwestern. Yeah, that's why. You've, got,
1: you've got 12 out of your 14 teams are in the top 40 there's going to be this kind of carnage, night in and night out. It's been fun to watch. Yes. Unless it was your team playing, then it wasn't. <laughs> All right. Hey, good to have you back, man. We'll see you on Monday. Thank you. We're going to do with some overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace.
2: On the Blaze Radio Network.